Hey y'all, welcome back to Naomi Rambles podcast, podcast inconsistency, <laughs> chakras inconsistency, ooh, y'all has been a motherfucking week, so, okay, so this is what happened last, at the, at the beginning of last week, um, Tuesday had, after I had just uploaded the podcast, um, I hear a voice in the house with my grandmother, after my grandmother came home, and it's my mom's voice. <laughs> she has, she went back outside and then I, I had, I go in the kitchen. I say, who, who's that? And my grandmother says, your mother. <laughs> and I said, why? Mind you, I, I, I don't, I'm not like, I'm not going to say I'm not angry at my mom because I am angry at my mom. There's obviously a lot of stuff there. I, I've talked about a little bit about that in previous episodes, have abandonment issues and stuff like that from my childhood. And the time that I spent with her um, growing up, it's been, it was always a rocky relationship, honestly, because even when my grandmother had taken me back after the year with my mom, she, my, my mom was, wasn't necessarily there. She came back to Virginia and she stayed with us for a little bit. Um, this is during the period where she was clean when she was clean, she she was really sanctimonious, but like also very judgmental. It was just, it was, every time that I hung out with her, I always ended up feeling bad about myself. I remember one time we, it was my birthday. I was in high school and I had found the courage to like say my piece to her about that. I just wanted to talk to her about it. Um, and then she ended up attacking me literally tried to choke me and I was holding her off. Luckily, my older sister was in the room next to mine and she heard it and she like came in there and like grabbed my mom, our mom and like threw her in the closet. And then literally (laughs) we like, my sister and I just like started hugging each other and like crying. And my grandmother came upstairs and it was this whole thing. And my mom was upset. She was triggered by me saying that because that's how her mom, my grandmother, always make makes her feel and as you can see this is like a generational trauma kind of thing there's not what I came on here to talk about (laughs) but maybe maybe it is what I guess we would need to talk about today is generational trauma and how that shows up for people like this this thing between generations this this mother-daughter blockage and like hatred I guess and just these wounds like they're things that when they obviously when they go unhealed are passed down and my I know my older sister she's been wanting to have a kid for like three years now three four or five years now I I'm good I don't want to have kids anytime soon and even when I do I don't want to bear the child and maybe that's my mother issues coming up but I would prefer for my wife whoever that may be to have the kid or we adopt um so yeah so I guess today we're talking about generational traumas is not at all what I plan to talk about, but here we are. <laughs> so the issues that my mom and my grandmother have are very deep seated and they've been going on for my mom's like entire life, pretty much. Um, sexual assault was involved um, with uh, family members to my mother and that was something that was not she didn't feel like was handled um, in the best way. And that is just a, one of the reasons she's an addict. 
uh, like all of you can imagine like all of that combined on top of just not feeling like your mother was there for you she just wasn't the best mother not that she was a terrible mother I'm not saying that she I, she did the best I think that she could with what she had and whether or not like my sister agrees with me I believe that my mom did the best that she could with what she had because she had a lot of issues she still has a lot of issues and they're not healed and my sister and I are the ones that are healing these these generational curses this is one of those things like I've talked about how we're we're breaking like the financial poverty chains this is the thing that we're doing because when I do have kids I don't want to be a bad mother I don't want to to like have my kids be afraid to speak their mind or to feel like they I don't want my kids to have abandonment issues because of me because I wasn't there for them and to have commitment issues because I wasn't there for them and to have like their self-worth question because I didn't show up for them enough like and yeah I'm working on those things <laughs> like I'm working on I've put in the fucking work since like August I've been journaling consistently since August but October was when I decided to get um, the therapy, start the therapy. Bitch, I'm out of breath. <laughs> I, I, both of my neighbors on the other side of me have, they have dogs. And I got them some cute little toys from work today. <laughs> and the bigger of the two dogs <laughs> immediately started chewing into them. <sighs> anyway. So we were talking about <laughs> these tra- these generational traumas and how w- when things go unhealed and they fester for years and years and years, they trickle down to our children, to the next generation, to the next generation, to the next generation. For a lot of people of color, especially African-American people, there's a lot of stuff to impact within like the... 30 to even the 40s like 40s to like younger generation like there's a lot of stuff that we're like we've having we're having to unlearn like poverty mindset working the traditional nine to five like a lot of people are having to unlearn that too because it's not benefit benefiting them the book series that i've been working on for the last like i guess like three four years or something like that it is about healing your traumas and generational traumas. The main character is heavily based off myself with her mom being an addict and her having to learn how to establish boundaries and her learning how to stand up for herself and learning to accept her sexuality and question that and be comfortable in that and learning from these soulmates that she's acquired along the way that have helped her grow and vice versa. I showcased the generational trauma in, in, that, in the book series with the main character and her mom and, the, and her mom's mom. And it's not like a, a huge focal point, but the relationship with the main character, her mom, is something that throughout the series is very much worked on. And I wanted to point out that with the main character growing, how that could trickle down to the mom or I guess trickle up to the mom I don't know <laughs> it just trickle somewhere <laughs> to the mom because the mom is receptive and that's the key is like people can't heal unless they're receptive to it no matter how much you want to even like push it on people because you know 
like how much better it feels when you when you're healing it's not it's not okay <laughs> it's not okay to push anything on anybody even as for their what you perceive as for their betterment and that's the sad part almost but it's also beautiful because there's beauty in choice and wanting and choosing to put yourself first and choosing to heal and choosing that you want to have a better life and better connections and i think when people aren't there you have to let them go so you can focus on your own healing and i've had to block my mom on social media because she would reach out and ask for money every so often and that'd be the only time I would hear from her and it would be very triggering and very jarring for me to be going about my life with my walls back up because I don't know if she's dead or alive and that's the thing that she interrupts my day with so when I saw her on Tuesday I didn't I said hey like twice just because she spoke and then I kept it moving I I said some choice things to my grandmother because I was, I mean, I was triggered. And then I, did, I didn't apologize for those things that I said. I, I, I wouldn't apologize now because it was very abrupt. And I've t- expressed to her multiple times, I don't like to not have her over here. When I'm in therapy, majority, when I'm in therapy, because a lot of the stuff that I'm working on because of the relationship that I have with my mother. <sighs> yeah, so, <laughs> so... It was, and then I saw her again, not the next day, but the the day after, on my way to work, and we like high fived and passing. It was a little weird. <laughs> I was not expecting to see her that early in the morning. <laughs> so yeah, that that happened, and I just I just wasn't in the space. The following days to really record. <laughs> I want to back up a little bit here though before I move forward. So when my grandmother told me that she was in fact here and she was staying the night, um, I said I was going to go upstairs. So I grabbed my shit and like pretty much booked it upstairs. But then I was like, no, Naomi, you, you have stuff that you said you were going to do that you wanted to do, do them. This is not going to hold you back. So I put on my little exercise gear (laughs) and then I exercised and then I spent like an hour, hour and a half, two hours, whatever. I don't know outside like I usually do and I decompressed like I usually do I I journaled I did my oracle I chilled I spent time in nature you know I I caught a fucking vibe (laughs) I I wanted I wanted to talk about the importance of not letting things throw you off your your rhythm in next episode I think I'll talk about what I actually wanted to talk about which kind of coincides with this (laughs) not letting not letting when you are triggered, trying your best to not let things throw you off your routine. Because you can do those, you cannot do the things that you know that you would like to do for your own betterment. And just sit and stew in, the, in your own triggering. Or you can follow through with the thing you were going to do. As you're processing what happened, you are in your own way healing some of that triggering. It's not stopping you from what, from your day, however your day was going to look, right? I think there, it's, it's so, I think that people, there are some spiritual people that I feel like that haven't necessarily done a lot of healing work and there are spiritual people that have done a lot of their own healing work that don't really understand 
being triggered or rather they think it's super super duper easy to overcome it and I've been that person in the past I think that when we spend a majority of your time working on healing then you know it's really really great but I don't think that people should uh, lack empathy when it comes to these things because you can spend a you know a majority of your adult life working on your triggers and healing and then something could still down the road trigger you and then you you still have healing to do and I think there's this if you think that you know I've hit this point then I'm I'm not going to get triggered anymore that's it for me I'm good <laughs> so and then when something happens and you do get triggered I feel like a lot of people are, would look down on, on themselves because they think that they're they should have already healed and I think that having this mentality around healing where you hit this fake destination or this like goal goal time of like I'll be healed in like six months or a year or two years whatever the case may be and if you don't if you're not there at that time then you might think that there's something wrong with you and in reality there's nothing wrong with you life happens and shit happens to us and we have a responsibility to ourselves about how we move forward in our journey and our healing and how that affects the people around us and the connections that we have. And there's been times in the past with that ex-friend of mine where the, this third party with, um, within our friendship, was they're very unhealed and the thought of my being healed and just spreading love and light triggered them so much because they didn't see that within themselves I don't think I don't think that they hated me I didn't hate them I just think that because I was on my journey that and they were just very opposite of that that I didn't like (laughs) I didn't like uh their energy soaked within our friendship um the third party with between my friend and I and I think vice versa happened I don't think that they were really thinking about it all that much but I think when I did try to uh, give out some love to them, it made them so uncomfortable because they couldn't muster it up within themselves that it was just triggering for them. I think that that goes to show that not everybody is for us. Like we, we can try, you know, to have beautiful connections. We definitely will, but they're not going to be connections with everybody that we come into contact with, right? So I think... It's important to distinguish, to take back your energy and meet people where they're at. Don't lower yourself to someone else's level because you're afraid to shine bright. A lot of people do that. A lot of people dim their own lights because they think that if I meet people down there where they're actually at, everything will will be Gucci. And that's not what I mean when I say meet people where they're at. I mean like energetically. If someone's if you're putting out love and light and people that you're interacting with is not <laughs> reflecting that back to you, then you can just, you don't have to reflect back the same energy that they do. Retract and conserve your own energy for the people that can match you, right? <laughs> like, bitch, we don't have time to be dealing with these negative dancies and sending them, sending them love and light. But they're out here... Uh, shoveling out the evil eye to bitches like <laughs> no where did where did you do that at like not over here not over here 
We're talking about generational traumas. I don't know how. But <laughs> to reel it back to generational traumas, meeting people where they're at can be very, it's a, it's a, it's a balance. You meet people where they're at energetically, not mentally or emotionally necessarily all the time because this is an asterisk for this just because I, ha- I feel like I need to make it clear. <laughs> Meeting people where they're at as far as love languages go, a whole other topic. That's not what I'm talking about here. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when people are not matching your energy as far as the love that you put out, the light that you put out, and the good vibes that you put out. That's what I'm talking about here. <laughs> when it comes to generational trauma, when people aren't ready, then like ha- it's like talking to a brick wall. Like they just don't get it. And then I, I heard somewhere, and I'm gonna like paraphrase it, but it was like the people that you're in their therapy because of are the ones that actually need the therapy. <laughs> and it's true. <laughs> Oh, bitch got acid reflux. It's apple juice. <laughs> um, I'm going to end it on that. When you're triggered, I feel like just we have to just try our best to move through the triggering. To recognize what's, what's happened. The key is recognizing what's happening, what's happened, and, you know, process it in your own way. In a way that's productive not and not unhealthy and I say that as someone that used to binge without really understanding it and when I get triggered when I got triggered I used to binge and this was only this was only months ago this was only in like October and then I got I got my therapist and that was one of the things that I was like hey this is something that I do let's work on it and we worked on it and I don't do that anymore (laughs) I mean I okay (laughs) I didn't I didn't binge but I did get some snacks after that day that my mom was there, that day and I got like I ate some, I crushed some Ben and Jerry's. Not gonna lie, I put my whole fucking face in that Ben and Jerry's. It was delicious too. It was thick mint, topped thick mint at that too, bitch. Like it was really, it was really good. <laughs> I got excited about it. <laughs> okay, but I like, I felt like I earned it. <laughs> it was really good. But yeah, product. Okay, yeah, pr- productive ways for processing your triggering for me i journal i go outside i sit and i journal and i do oracle sometimes sometimes i don't but just the process of sitting outside and journaling getting my thoughts out further helps me to process those things and you know obviously you keep processing it without pen and paper and that's really that's really helpful but taking control of your own path like your own life because it's no one's fault, really, at the end of the day, how you respond to things. It's your, it's, it's up to you. So I could have, I could have been a, a total fucking bitch about the whole, my mom coming to be here. And, but I, I chose to say to myself, to stay to myself, I chose to do the productive things that benefit me and my wellness. I just, I took my ass upstairs after the fact and I fucking ate my ice cream and half few chips <laughs> while I watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine because Captain Holt makes me laugh. <laughs> and what about my, my fucking week? And I will say, 
never mind. I'll I'll talk about my falling off my routine and the a few days after. I'll talk about that next next episode. Uh, cuz that was really what I wanted to come on here and talk about was that and the lesson that I had for that. <laughs> okay. Okay, bye.